0: They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur.
1: All right, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm Erin Greger. I'm Courtney Radloff, And today we have another very special guest with us today, Ari Shržek. Did I get it, Ari? You got it. Yay! (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. All right. I got to know how much I practiced this before. Okay. I'm so excited. Episode's over. We're done. No, No, just kidding. (laughs) All right. So Ari is the CEO and head of strategy at C-Colophia, a company that's been around for 13 years. Ari, is it California you're based out of? Did I get that right?
0: Chicago. Chicago.
1: Awesome. It starts with C. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Ari, before we jump in, let's talk about C-Colophia and tell us a little bit about what it is and what you all do.
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks. Calafia is a minority woman owned web agency. We're based here in Evanston, about 30 minutes from Chicago, if you know where it is. It's near your know, Northwestern college, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what we do is all things on the web. We often work with women-led brands, those who are in B2B tech, as well as femtech data consumer, on all things on the web. So, be it, you know, creating a scalable e-commerce website or making a you know high performance web marketing website or you actually want to build a new product or an mvp version of your product for web applications so think of community projects or you know learning management system anything with the dashboard on the web so we do all of that from strategy design all the way to development and growth support
1: awesome wow so you've been doing this for a while i would love to know you know where you were in the process, where you decided. You know what I want to start on my own and build my own business.
2: Okay, that is going to be an interesting <laughs> Good. story. More interesting about <laughs> it. I started off as a graphic designer. I was born and raised in Bali, Indonesia and when i graduate from art school i just wanted to be a graphic designer right so once i get the actual job which i I think at that time was like yay i finally become this graphic designer i didn't realize that there's so much more out there until you know my husband back then we were still engaged right he just kind of curious about my interest in the design world and wanting to really understand like, how much do I really get paid? So he asked me that question. It's like, (laughs) hey, Ari, how much do you actually get paid? And for him, he's an American, right? He's was he was born in Polish, sorry, Poland, but um, his mindset around all things related to opportunities and, you know, internet, um, gigs and all that kind of stuff is completely different than what I have envisioned back then. But he brought up a really good idea in terms of what opportunities are waiting for me beyond the things that i've known so mm-hmm. when i told him i was only paid 250 he immediately opened up his laptops okay take a look at all these amazing gigs online right you could do a lot more if you want to mm-hmm. and that really triggered something in me and i realized I wanted more, I wanted to really explore what else is out there for all things related to design. Now, fast forward a few years later, when I got married with my husband here in Chicago, he asked me yet another big, important question. He asked me, Hey, Ari, would you want to build a business with me? And I was like, sure. What could go wrong? That was the start. And I did not know what I was getting myself into. There's a lot of things that could go wrong, especially (laughs) when you're building, you know, a business with your spouse. Yeah. Okay. Are you still there?
1: I'm still here. Oh, okay. okay. So I was like, okay, we got to get into (laughs) this. then. (laughs) I'm like, because there are so many people who want to build a business with their spouse. So obviously something has worked, but I'm going to bet there were some bumps along the way to, to get that to work. Is that a correct assumption?
2: Yes, definitely. When I mentioned earlier, you know, I did not know what I was getting myself into. I, I literally did not know what I did not know. Right. So I was just getting in with, you know, really good intention. I'm going to work with my husband and then figure things out together. What we didn't know is that we were really trying to you know, push each other to do the best of our work but that ended up translating of us not having any boundaries at all Mm. so i was telling him how to code because he is the one taking care of all the tech stuff right all things related to development and he was telling me how to design so there's this like big clash in terms in terms of like responsibilities who's managing what we honestly have no idea what we were doing in our first few years of building the business together so everything was a hot mess until We have our mentor. So that was the beginning of us learning about what, you know, business one-on-one look like, what boundaries look like for us as, you know, spouse, as well as, as, you know, founders and co-workers together, building this business. I feel like without those boundaries, we're probably not going to be, you know, here today, still working together side by side alongside with, you know, our 13 other team members.
0: Uh, so, when did you um, go into the Goldman program? How does that transition? And what did you do it with your husband? Was your husband a part of it?
2: I was the one, you know, working on the actual program under Goldman Sachs 10KSB program. My husband Peter opted out out of that particular program mainly because we were busy with a lot of different um, projects coming in. Mm-hmm. So. I specifically entered that program alone because I needed to understand, like, what is the next step for my company? For the longest time, I avoided the title of CEO. Mm. And I was telling my husband's like, you go become the CEO. I'll just do all the creative thing. And he did tell me that, Ari, one day you're going to have to own the title. And I didn't know when that day would come until I gone through the 10 KSB program from Goldman Sachs. To be honest, that particular program was a big slap in the face for me because I didn't realize how much that I didn't know when it comes to running a business. I didn't even realize I needed to have an exit plan. So that's how bad it was that I didn't realize how much information around business that I should probably have had an answer right before we hit the 10-year mark but the 10 ksb program it was a really great program for me specifically because then i was able to understand like what's next for us what the plan is going to be for us and the you know the team as well as the trajectory that we really want for growth. Everything just fall into pieces after that particular program, even though it was like a super intensive program. It truly helped me understand like what's next and how can I really own that particular title as a CEO.
1: So I think that's I think that's really incredible that your husband pushed you into that. Yeah. I love that side of it. I would love to know you mentioned like kind of the 10 year mark were you guys, maybe you didn't have quite the exit plan, which is fine, but did you feel you had a pretty well-oiled machine from the business perspective and even just, all right, so you're learning to work together. You got a mentor around three years in, you figured out kind of roles and, and how to navigate that world with your husband. Were you growing in a way that you were, you were happy with It sounds like you had a team where it's like, okay, now, we've got this down. Now we just need to refine things. Or was it kind of you were, you were successful in spite of yourself? Do you know what I mean? Like you happened to get there, but it was a constant kind of figuring things out along the way. Does that make sense? Like was the business kind of where it was exhausting? Or did you feel you were at a pretty good place going into Goldman?
2: Hmm, that's a good question. I started the business in in a very unusual way right for mm-hmm. some people they you know went in with the business and then they really have a lot more work that they put into it and then essentially doing it full-time mm-hmm. in the first few years of our business both of us my husband and i are in the company full-time but we realized that we really just need more marketing funds so because in the beginning we didn't really make a lot of money well, with the the business, I ended up going full-time with Sears Holding. So I was working um, you know, a nine to five job while working on my own company as a part-time and my husband was doing it full-time. So after working with Sears Holding for about four and a half years, and doing my company part time, I was then able to have, you know, enough funds so that we can channel it into our company and use that for marketing purposes, whether it's, you know, exhibiting at different conferences, or, you know, participating at different networking events, so on and so forth to help build our network and the sales pipeline. When that feels ready, I ended up leaving um you know my sears job and then went in back full time with the company and this is when uh, we're probably at five year mark in the business right so i felt like the trajectory that we have in the beginning for the business is quite unusual Mm -hmm. unless you are really in the company full time and you have that funds um, whether it's through investment or from investors or maybe you do have different grants and stuff like that we didn't know all of those different resources in the beginning now i do i wish that i could go back and redo them but hey i'm here just yep, learning yep. you know what i know and just like applying to what i can for the business but really looking at the growth that we have ever since i like quit my corporate job i know that there is you know there's quite a pipeline and our business and i knew that if i put more hours into the company we will create more um, revenue and we'll be able to grow you know bit by bit and we did so two years after i ended up joining back full time we doubled our team members and also double our revenue for the first time and we start seeing that trends repeated you know a couple of years until pandemic happened Mm -hmm. so pandemic was really interesting for us because in the beginning of the pandemic year we were losing a lot of our contracts right we were so excited about this contract but pandemic happened i feel like everybody was trying to you know figure out what will be next for their business some of them ended up being you know you know going bankrupt some of them um figuring things out with pivoting and stuff like it so it was understandable in the first couple of months but as soon as people understand how to leverage their digital presence more and then having i guess like more importance towards using and leveraging their website business start to pick up right so in the beginning it was weird and rough but in the middle of pandemic we're actually thriving so yet again we double our um, revenue as well as you know doubling the amount of team member that we have. So how has it
0: been hiring staff to sort of take over in, like, is it, are they create in creative roles? Um, What with the 13 you said you have, or what do they each kind of, how are they participating in the business? And I I ask that because you came in as the creative and, and now are you delegating to
2: them or how does that work? So we have different types of departments mm-hmm. right now in Scalovia. We have design team, um, development team, as well as marketing team. Essentially, the first two teams, which is the design and development teams are our core team member. We wanted these teams to replace myself and also my husband, right? Because we were the developer and the designer working on the projects. Having these two separate teams really helped us to you know have more hours and also more extra hands for us to work on a lot of different projects whether they are um you know projects that needs both design and development or it's just one or the other so we were able to really expand um, our capabilities with the different designers and different developers that we have in our team that was the start i would say this starts in 20 17 and then with marketing team that only formed recently in the past maybe a couple of years when we start developing a lot of our content so we use a lot of content for marketing online on linkedin as well as helping them uh, sort helping us um, you know put together our content into the book so marketing team is fairly new for us but it has been really helpful you know just putting together a lot of different contents that we have and then help us market it in our different social channels or even you know, in-person events. So I would love to go back
1: to the creative side too on the question of growing a team when you're the creative mind. Yeah. Because that's got to be... I mean, a lot of creativity is... There's process to it, but a lot of it is creativity, right? So mm-hmm. how have you been able to... I love that you've thought about removing yourself from that that side of things and and having a team do it. But how have you managed that process and you know, has it been an easy process or have there have there been learning lessons for you along the way to make sure your your creativity is part of what you're delivering but it's but it's not what's getting delivered. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, when it comes to all things creative, it's hard in the beginning, yeah. right? Because I felt like this is, this is my baby, yeah. right? This company is my baby as well, and a lot of the things that people come to us for is our creativity and our thoughts, our you know insights and things like that. When I start bringing in more team members to kind of help me with all the creative work or even like implementation work and things they like get, I was worried they're not going to understand how I'll be able to translate those visions through their own creative work. So what I tend to look for these days when I do hire designer is to really look at what style their design is. Because you can really tell for some you know different creatives and designers, they have their unique way of um you know building a certain type of design you can kind of see their signature work or things like that so i was able to kind of pick and choose the different style that still similar to what i would design for mm-hmm. and for those who can really understand if i have a concept can you take that concept and you know create an, an implementation from it so for example if i have a concept for a logo that um you know that uses a um, maybe a dragonfly as a symbol, right? What does the dragonfly really symbolize? Maybe it, you know, symbolizes change, growth, or whatever it is. How would they translate that concept into the actual design work or the actual design or visual implementation? I typically ask them to. You know explain to me like what would you do if you are being presented with a brief or with that particular concept and i was able to understand their process first if their process is similar to what my process is chances are the way they work is similar to how i work so we can create like you know trust building around it and then really collaborating together so it becomes a little bit less about you know being perfectionism right being perfection on Um, really wanting everything to go my way because i think in the beginning i was it was really hard for me to let go of that part Mm -hmm. i wanted everything to be exactly my way but for different designers they kind of do it slightly differently not exactly to how you do it right so letting go part of that control was very um a little bit emotional for me but also I have to make peace with it because otherwise I'm not going to be able to grow. So when I start making peace with it and really trusting my designers, I know that they can you know, take it to uh, the next level on their own with my guidance, with my direction as well, and you know, some creative ideas together. It becomes a collaboration rather than just me dictating every single thing.
0: That's really cool. And it's also like um, must free up a lot of your time to then be creative in other ways. Are you um sorry I'm trying to like think of how I want to say this. So are you because I know for me is like the, the moment I free up time creatively, I think of ways to fill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so already I'm like, oh she freed up her time. Like what else is she doing? You know and, after, and writing books right, actually. Oh is she? she? Yeah. <laughs> oh well then there it is. But, okay, now talk about that please. yeah
2: <laughs> The
0: book
1: well, just like, yeah, like, so now that you've freed up to, I know you wrote, I know you have that, but like, what else have you done now that you've gotten this design time freed up? How has that, like, what have you been able to do to grow your business yes. versus deliver
2: stuff? Oh, goodness. I still have a lot of things to do. I wish I can hire more. <laughs> right. But, you know, having a lot of my time free up from the actual design work or design implementation, it gives me more time to dedicate towards building more connections, right? Building more, um, You know, new ideas that we can implement for the business, for example, I constantly thinking about you know different ways for us to. um, Be more in front of our audience, whether it's through workshop or collaboration with you know other agencies potentially right where can we really have these different opportunities so that we can bring in more work coming into the business or even you know expanding. Our reach inside our network so those are a lot of different things that i'm constantly working on the business development part of it book is part of it as well in the past couple of years i was tagging my husband along in the process it's like hey honey i need us to create a book will you join me in this journey and he said yes so we were able to you know, collaborate on that together as well because he also has his time freed up a little bit more from the development team, right? So having that really give us, you know, some more flexibility around what else is important for us so that we can move the business forward beyond the actual work, beyond, um, you know, still curating and cultivating that relationship with our network of people.
0: So what were some of like your biggest growing pains as you were as the company was growing? Like where were some roadblocks that you may have
2: hit? Hmm. A few things that I felt was hard in the beginning is the network piece, right? I started off the company not knowing a lot of people here in Chicagoland area. So for me to build my first you know, base of network was a little bit challenging. And then as soon as I have this, you know, one, I guess like 100, um, the first 100 people that I connected with, or, you know, the the first base layer of my network, I felt like at a point, I, um, it, it just feels like I outgrew the network, right? Because a lot of time in the beginning, I work a lot with solopreneurs. And then once we start growing, we're, We weren't really able to support solopreneurs as much as we could, mainly because of the price, um, you know, pricing that we have has changed and it no longer, you know, become affordable for a lot of them. So we needed to target slightly different types of people or different types of audience. And I was, it was really hard for me trying to figure out, okay, now where do I go after, like, you know, being, so involved with the different communities here who are mainly with the solopreneurs community where do i need to go next so i felt like that constantly changed for us i would say change every two or three years for us so that we can constantly trying to figure out where else should we you know either go or be at in what type of um, either networking events or what type of community should we be at that's always a constant um, challenge for us because i felt like once you you know, become sorry, once you are at a certain level in your business, and you have certain type of, you know, pricing structure, some of the previous clients that you have would no longer be able to, you know, afford you, right. So you're constantly trying to uh, figure out, okay, where should we really network next, so that we can Mm -hmm. still have these, you know, different opportunities coming our way. So I would say that's one of the, you know, um challenges that I have in the past but now I think my challenges right now is around diversifying our income so mainly we work with entrepreneurs or even like founders and business owners who have specific budget for their marketing or they maybe already have um, their um, I would just say like their investment ready um, for marketing purposes. But we're now also looking at potentially working with bigger corporation as their you know, tier two suppliers, right? So I think it's a new territory for me to just kind of learn like what else is out there and also trying to be smart in terms of like diversifying our income and um, where that income stream will come.
1: That's really, I, I love, I think those are both super interesting mm-hmm. pieces. A, that diversification, but B, I've talked to a lot of business owners and I've never like, this is one of the first times I've heard somebody saying I've outgrew my network. And like it's, it's very true. It's like, you're out hustling. You're, you know, yeah, I'll do your website for you. Oh, you have $500. I'll take it. You know? And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm, I'm running in a hamster wheel. And I love that you really got very, you know, unfortunately sometimes you know, it's a great network, but you're right. It's not serving you. And you, you know, you keep going to the same meetings and meeting the same people. That's starting to be insanity. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you make that transition? Was it just like you said, you know, finding the different groups, kind of having that awareness, like, all right, where I'm fishing right now, you know, it's a, it's a small pond. I need to go to a bigger, is that kind of where you went and just started looking around or was there anything else to that process?
2: It was really confusing in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like you said earlier, you're so comfortable with your current network, but when you start realizing, okay, this is it—you need to go either out there, find new connection, or you know, maybe ask somebody else to introduce you with maybe different types of communities that I, uh, you know, haven't really either heard of or maybe even you know get exposure to. So I felt like the beginning part of it it can be maybe challenging is not the right word. What I would say it's mainly around you. Okay, you love this particular Mm -hmm. network, but at a point, you're trying to also justify whether or not your time is going to be um you know it's gonna be worth it to spend with this particular network right because at the end of the day you do want to create more customers but the right type of customers so saying goodbye isn't really the right way to do it either right because you still want to keep these connections that you have so what i ended up doing is i actually reached out to a couple of people that i trust in my network even though they outgrew sorry even though i outgrew them Mm -hmm. for that particular time I did mention to them what my plan is, right, and asking them if they have connection in their particular network that could um, they could introduce to me. So, for example, I would ask them, hey, do you know somebody who maybe have a company with, you know, let's just say a million or maybe a couple of million in revenue who are maybe looking for help in either design work or web work? If they don't have that particular connection, that's totally cool. But oftentimes they would tell me, it's like, actually, I don't have that connection in my network right now. However, I know somebody that I follow either on LinkedIn or somebody that maybe I, I saw from a different a webinar or at an event, something like that. That helped me understand, like, there are you know some sort of network out there that I just need to, you know, at least hear either the name. Mm -hmm. or, you know, research about it a bit more later so I can do my own research. But without having, you know, those initial information, you might not know where to go, right? So I feel like, you know, the more knowledge that you get or the more um, information that you can gather in the beginning, do so. And then you can always research further. And then you're always going to go down to the, you know, internet rabbit hole anyway. But having that initial um, sources of information is very critical.
1: I like it. Yeah, that's.
0: Yeah, and even just it's. I hate to say the the phrase leveling up, but at some point, yeah. like those are that's a strategic part of scaling in your business. Yeah. That. Yeah.
1: So what's next for you guys?
2: Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, we're we're really trying to reach um, the next stage in our business, which is trying to hit our first know 1 million of revenue. So hoping that will um, be attainable for us in the next couple of years. Um, lots of work that we got to do in order for us to get there, but I know we can certainly get there. And people keep telling us like once you get to 1 million and then everything will be easy. But yes, I know <laughs> that. I still want to get there and that's the hardest part. Um so that that is next for us. We have a lot of things in the pipeline mainly on, you know, being more um in The community, you know, presenting ourselves more in the different types of organization that we're part of now that things are more opening up. Right. I felt like um, events are places that we're going to be probably going to see us speaking more at different types of events or Mm -hmm. conferences. So that essentially is the plan for now.
1: All right. I like it. Do you want to do rapid fire? Absolutely. All right.
0: All right. So we're doing rapid fire now. Um, (laughs) Your favorite beverage
2: oh bubble tea oh
0: oh any particular flavor um taro milk oh love it um the best advice you've ever been given
2: your network is your net worth you've taken that to heart i I mean seriously that
0: is if if we're not like bullet pointing this conversation there it is yeah um your network is i love that okay um dinner if you could have dinner with anyone
2: Mm, two people. Um, one, Mike Shinoda, and then the second one would be uh, Michelle Yu. Awesome. Oh,
0: okay. I love that. Lately, we've everybody's been calling out people that Nobody's are so unique but no yeah. one said before. Um, okay. And uh, what's your morning routine look like?
2: Uh, wake up, feed my kid, and go shower. <laughs> <laughs>
1: perfect hey we were just having a conversation with the guest before you had a two-year-old and it's like yeah i mean the the, the routine revolves around the child so it is like yeah. a crapshoot every morning you wake up like you're you're you have intention for something but like, like
0: yeah am i dedicated good luck yeah yeah <laughs> um and
2: what are you currently reading um secret tradecraft of elite advisor by david c baker oh yeah this it's one this down. one not sure if we are gonna see it
1: Yeah. They'll see it on the video. Okay. I'll have to see that.
0: Awesome. And, uh, top bucket list item.
2: I want to go to Japan.
0: Yes. Mm. That's a great one. And uh, what's a guilty
2: pleasure? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. Okay. Ah, guilty pleasure. I have a lot. Okay. Uh, let me think. Uh, Give me one second. I would say Cheesecakes.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you have to feel guilty about that one. No, no, no. Can you, before we like close out and you tell us where to go for your business, what is the history behind your name? Like what, what's the origin of it? Like I would love to, because it's a very unusual business name. So where did you come up with that? And what's
2: the meaning behind it? Okay. The name of the business is something i completely made up when i was in high school during a biology class now the essence of the story is that i was really wanting to challenge myself to do something that other people you know mostly main mainly smart people could do for example at the biology class i was reading all the scientists creating names for different creatures or you know whatever else so, i mean scientists get to name a lot of cool things and I thought to myself, OK, if scientists can create you know, new name for something like this, why can't I do it? So I think that was something that I didn't realize I have it in me because it's constantly about challenging myself that if somebody else can do it, you can do it, too. And that's how the name was born, because I was honestly just doodling it because I was bored. But it ended up becoming a name for my own company, you know, 10 years later.
1: Wow, I love it. That's really good. All right. So if somebody wanted to connect with you or find out more info on you, where should they go?
2: You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always active on LinkedIn. Or you can go check out my website, cklph.com. All right. Awesome.
1: And we'll have all that on our notes page over at firstarrivelasttoleave.com. Um, Ari, thank you so much for hanging with us today. I really appreciate this. Yeah, it super fun. Thank you.